I will please ask you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. And I will be reading from verses 15 to 17. And then I will read from chapter 18, verses 9 to 15. So that is Genesis 17, 15 to 17. And then Genesis 18, verses 9 to 15. Uh, this is the word of God. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? Then let's look at chapter 18, verses 9 to 15. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for your mercy in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we come before you, asking your blessing upon this meditation. Lord, please fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can behold wonderful things out of your law. We don't pray this because we deserve it, but, but rather because we are trusting in Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. So, dear brethren, today I would like to call your attention to the topic of laughter, which is prominent in the verses we just read. Laughing can be a wonderful experience, an expression of sheer joy. However, we need to realize that there are times when laughing is inappropriate. And in fact, we have an example of that in the verses we will be looking at today. As you will see, Abraham and Sarah laughed at the promise of God. That laughter wasn't good. It was evil laughter. And if we are sincere, we will have to acknowledge that the same kind of laughter has often been found in our own lips. Just like Abraham and Sarah, you and I have often laughed at God's promises because, humanly speaking, they are just too good to be true. Please look with me at chapter 17, verse 17, and then at chapter 18, verse 12. Then 
Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And then chapter 18, verse 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Here we have a picture that might be a little surprising. Abraham is here. He's the father of the faithful. He's the one who believed God. Along with him is Sarah, his wife. Peter says she's the mother of godly women. And yet they are laughing. Laughing at what? Laughing at God's promise. Now, I want you to notice that their laughter was almost an instinct. They were taken aback by why they, what they heard and immediately laughed and talked to themselves in, in response. You know, when you and I interact with people, we are never neutral to what they say or do. We immediately believe or, dif or, or disbelieve. We like or dislike. We agree or we disagree with what they say. And our reaction depends on our values, on our beliefs, and on our knowledge, both of this world and of those we are interacting with. So we can't help to react out of the fullness of our hearts. And that is precisely what's happening with Abraham and Sarah here. They hear God's promises and they immediately react by laughing. But why do they laugh? The Holy Spirit recorded what they said to themselves so that we can know the reasons. The basic reason was this. They heard God's promise, but it just sounded too good to be true in light of what they knew about themselves and about the world they lived in. Abraham knew that he was 100 years old and that Sarah was 90. Sarah knew the same. They also knew the way nature works. They knew that all women cannot have children. In chapter 18, verse 11, we read that it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So they knew that this was utterly impossible, humanly speaking. They had given up all hope that it would ever happen. Too good to be true, they said to themselves. This is not what has often happened with you and me, dear brethren. God's word is full of promises. Promises of victory over sin and temptation. Promises of inexplicable joy. Promises of awesome conversions. Promises of kings coming to worship before Jesus. Promises of forgiveness, of changed life, of heaven, of the resurrection, of eternal life. So many amazing promises. But if you look at yourself and this world, you won't find anything that will make you think that such promises will be fulfilled. It's just Sure. It's just not the way this world seems to be wired. These promises seem too good to be true. So you and I have often laughed. And, and by that, I mean that we have doubted. I know I have doubted. And just like 
Abraham and Sarah, you and I have often laughed at God's promises because humanly speaking, they are just too good to be true. But we need to realize that this laughter is horrible because when you and I laugh this way, we convey a message and that message is offensive to God and it is shameful to us as well as potentially damning. Look with me at chapter 18, verses 13 through 15. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay. But thou didst laugh. Now, these words of the Lord expose the sinfulness of Abraham and Sarah's laughter. It was highly offensive against the Lord because it showed that they weren't trusting his character. All that Abraham and Sarah were saying about their old bodies was certainly true. But there is something they weren't saying. They weren't talking about the character of the God who had made the promise. So with their silence, they were basically saying that there are indeed certain things that are just too hard for the Lord. And that is blasphemous. So in these verses, we find God almost shouting to Sarah, look at me. Don't I have enough power to do what I have promised? Their laughter was offensive. And it was also shameful. Notice what Sarah does when the Lord confronts her. She denies having laughed because she was afraid. She knew she had done something that was wrong. She could not take pride in her laughter. She wanted to hide it. It was a work of darkness. And besides that, that kind of laughter is also potentially damning because it reflects unbelief. And the Bible says, he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So this laughter of unbelief is what brings people to hell. Many hear the, the gospel, but they laugh at it, thinking it's just vain words. So they are eternally damned. My dear brethren, you and I, need to see how serious this is. When I doubt God, when you doubt God, we are committing a horrible crime. We are basically denying God's power. Uh, we are, and we should be ashamed for that. We should be ashamed of that and, and even tremble at this sin because it really paves the way to hell. But even though this is a very serious sin, the Bible, the Bible shows us that there is hope. There was hope for Abraham and Sarah, and there is certainly hope for you and me. In Christ, your sinful laughter can be overcome by the grace of God, just like Abraham and Sarah's was. You know, the, the New Testament has some surprising things to say about Abraham and Sarah's interaction, interaction with God's promise. In Romans 4, this is what we read about Abraham. And being not weak in faith, 
he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also, he was able also to perform. Now, let's look at what Hebrews 11 says about Sarah. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him, he judged him faithful who had promised. Now, this is definitely not what I would have written if I had just taken into account the Genesis passage that we read. But you know what these scriptures teach us? They teach us that Abraham and Sarah's sinful laughter was not final. God's grace overcame their unbelief. So they eventually did believe the promise and were defined by that faith, not by unbelief. When we look at the way the Lord dealt with Abraham and Sarah, it becomes so clear that God's grace alone overcame their unbelief. In Genesis 17, where Abraham laughs, what does God do? He doesn't kill him. He doesn't give up on him. Instead of that, he repeats the promise and even explains it further so that Abraham can understand that Ishmael is not the son of the promise. In Genesis 18, where Sarah laughs, God doesn't kill her. Rather, he confronts her, he rebukes her, and he also reassures her that he will indeed fulfill his promise. And that is sheer grace. That is God being patient, tender, and merciful to his dear children. And that is exactly what the Lord does with you and me, my brethren in Christ. If we are truly in Christ, he will remain faithful when we are unbelieving. He won't discard us. Sometimes he will tenderly repeat and explain what he's already said a thousand times so that we will believe it this time. At other times, when he knows we need it, he will confront and rebuke us. Many times he will even come in with his rod and discipline us so that we will believe him. All of those are signs of his love. Don't ever believe the lie that God is reproving and chastising you because he hates you. No, he chastises those he loves. His rod is a sign of his paternal love. If it wasn't for that rod, my brethren, you and I would remain in unbelief. But in Christ, unbelief will not define us. God's grace will overcome. Grace will define us just like it defined Abraham and Sarah. So what I want you to see is that if you know that you have laughed in unbelief, you don't need to stay there. You don't need to be defined by your lack of faith. The devil, brethren, is very crafty. He first tempts us to sin 
And then he accuses us. He tells us that now that we have seen or doubted, we need to stay there. He tells us there is no hope. He wants us to be defined by sin. Could be that one day you're reading your Bible and some kind of blasphemous thought seems to appear out of nowhere. You may be reading a promise and, and your heart just feel, feels cold. You can't feel any faith in your bosom. You try to pray with others and, and doubts start creeping in. In practical terms, you are laughing just like Abraham and Sarah. And, and then you realize what you are doing. You come to see it's wrong. You feel ashamed and guilty. And the devil says to you, oh, don't pray now, you hypocrite. You don't really believe this, do you? Where is your faith? He might even twist scripture and tell you that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So since you doubt it, God obviously doesn't delight in you anymore. Satan wants you to stay there. To be defined by your lack of faith. Don't fall for it, dear brethren. It's a trap. It's a lie. If you're in Christ, you don't need to stay in your doubts. Even if you are not in Christ, you must not stay in your doubts. What then do you need to do? You need to take your eyes off yourself and fix them on God. You need to look at the one who made the promises. Let's look at him again. He's able to do everything he said. In him there is forgiveness. In him there, there is power to save sinners and whole countries. In him there is power to bring about revival. Trust his power. Let's do that in prayer today. Let's focus our prayers on the majesty of God, of the God who has promised us such great things. Let's remember his works and words. Let's trust him. Do you know, my brethren, what, what he did with Sarah? He turned her laughter into an expression of praise. After Sarah trusted God and eventually came to hold the son of the promise in her arms, she said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that here will laugh with me. Oh, God can replace your sinful laughter with godly laughter. And he will certainly do it if you are trusting in Christ. So let us not lose heart, my brethren. Let's keep looking at him. Amen.